Madison's been recognized as a great place to live. We've found ways to be both prudent and forward-thinking. We face many challenges. The 2017 operating budget continues in our tradition of innovation and sets the stage for continuing to improve on connecting the services the city provides with the goals we all share. Over the next year, I'm asking that we work together to identify the outcomes we value the most and begin to process to establish measurable and meaningful strategies to accomplish these outcomes. I've made upward economic mobility a central theme of my administration, starting with the renovation and reinvigoration of the neighborhood resource teams to help listen to, empower, and connect communities of color in our most stressed neighborhoods with the services they need, to partnering with the school district and the county to connect families with children to out-of-school enrichment programs, to youth summer employment investment and construction job training programs. We've taken many steps to help our residents reach their highest potential. We've made this progress despite the limitations placed on us by the current state legislature and governor. The state of Wisconsin gives us one general source of funding, the property tax. We must therefore work with what we have and hold the line on property tax increases for the sake of our businesses, families, and seniors. For the stress of the property tax can be a source of homelessness. We must be cognizant of the fact that we cannot price families out of their homes through our own taxation policies. Toward the end, toward that end, my 2017 budget limits the growth in taxes on the average value home to 3.1%, a $72 increase over 2016. I sought to hold the levy increase to 3% or lower, but the Room Tax Commission chose to provide a $150,000 increase to the Overture Center subsidy rather than reduce levy support for Olbert Gardens and the Henry Viler Zoo. Now, the maximum increases allowable under levy limits would allow us to increase taxes to 3.6%, or a total of $83 on a typical home. With inflation projected to increase a modest 2.2% in 2017, I am not exercising that option and call upon the Common Council to work with me in holding the line on taxes for our businesses, families, and seniors. Let me emphasize that for too many years, we have seen property tax increases at, on the average home at a higher rate than that of inflation. We must hold the line if we're serious about having affordable, accessible housing in Madison, Wisconsin. <clears throat> it is critical that we carry over this levy authority to 2018. It's critical so that the tax increase this year, while providing additional capacity to address ongoing priorities next year, that is, particularly if the Council's current priorities of constructing and staffing two new public safety facilities in the next two years are to be successful. 
Public safety is a top priority. Staffing for the police and fire departments has grown nearly 30% over the past 18 years, while our population increase has grown at only 18%. Finding the property tax funding to operate these facilities will mean progress toward our vision of an upwardly mobile Madison for all our residents that will have to be slowed. Let me make it clear. We see a great number of people professing adherence to the concept of equity, social justice. If we're to achieve that goal, we have to make choices. We cannot disproportionately spend money on police and fire services and ignore the importance of providing economic opportunity which we have ignored for the first part of this century. Through the following initiatives, my 2017 budget makes target investments that we can afford and makes progress towards our goals by focusing more on measurable strategies and toward meaningful outcomes. First, to respond to our vision of an upwardly mobile Madison for all our residents, we're going to lead by example through a $15 minimum wage for city employees by 2020. The 2017 budget provides $80,000 to phase in family supporting wages for all city workers over the next four years. This budget provides $400,000 towards the implementation of the 15-point plan that addresses racial disparities, violence prevention, and recidivism in our community. The funding is split equally between the new levy-supported resources and a reallocation of our Emerging Opportunities Program. Because of the commitments made by members of the City Council in this regard, I am authorizing the Council Organizational Committee to determine the best way to allocate these funds to make demonstrable and measurable progress. We are not assigning this in the conventional ways that we work on our community services budget. This budget reallocates existing funds in support of the Rennenbaum Foundation's Northside Early Childhood Zone. A total of $100,000 for child care tuition assistance and other contract support will be invested along with funding from Dane County, the United Way, and the Foundation. Last week, the Foundation made the announcement at Mendota School, and this is one of the most significant steps we've seen in our city in the past decade as our community has taken a focus to understand the importance of funders in providing the necessary services that range from childhood development to employment. This budget calls on the Community Development Division to study the feasibility of implementing a men's dormitory in 2018 to help support the education, training, and upward mobility of young men of color. It will be modeled after the now-defunct Henry Street Project which was implemented over 20 years ago. In the 1990s, 
we set up a project which was a collaborative effort with MATC, with our housing authority, and we focused on the concept of a university-style educational system which provided support in regards to education, employment, and housing. There is no reason why we can't look into this kind of commitment again. The budget invests additional resources to address homelessness through a downtown-focused street team. This program will be funded by the Downtown Business Improvement District if my recommendation is adopted. The ambulance conveyance fee is increased by $50 to help continued funding for street team services to the homeless in areas of the city outside of the downtown. Let me point out that we had tremendous success this past year with the temporary funding of a downtown-focused street team in regards to filling uh, our commitment to the chronically homeless, which led to uh, the success we've seen with the opening of Rethke. There is no reason that we shouldn't do this in the future and make it an ongoing city commitment uh, to the people in, in need. This budget continues the summer meals in the Madison Parks program through seeking $15,000 of financial support from local health care providers. It works to better focus all our resources on citywide goals and meaningful outcomes by providing $75,000 to implement budgets focused on measurable strategies, enhanced cross-agency data management, and continuous program improvement as part of the city's strategic management efforts. This funding will help continue the momentum provided by the What Works Cities Initiative in early 2017, which is 100% privately funded. One of the little known and, and often overlooked aspects of city government is how we manage ourselves. How we manage ourselves has two significant bearings in regards to the quality of life. First, it allows us to do more with less. Secondly, it allows us to strategically focus our resources on areas that need the greatest attention in a climate where it is very difficult to reallocate resources. This budget seeks to improve diversity in city hiring and creating a workplace culture that values equity by providing $100,000 to review and make recommendations on updating the city's human resources processes and procedures and reviewing those activities through an equity lens. We've got to do a better and more creative job in regards to how we recruit and fill positions. There's no question that we need qualified applicants, but at the same time, one of the things we've learned is that it is easy in many instances to do on-the-job training. This budget supports wage equity for city employees by funding a two and a quarter percent pay increase for most general municipal employees in December of 2016, a 1% increase for employees in July of 17, a 1% increase 
in December 16 for police and fire commission staff. There's nearly 4.8 million of additional levy support to pro is provided to support wage increases and to meet required contributions to the Wisconsin retirement system. These increases are made possible by very favorable health insurance premiums for 2017 that reduced overall health insurance costs by over $400,000. Those health insurance costs actually came in almost $3 million less than anticipated. As you'll recall, last spring and last summer, we made a focused effort to communicate our concerns to health insurance providers and to local hospitals and, and, and health coverage providers regarding the disparity in costs here in Madison, Wisconsin between Medicare and, and, and non-Medicare payments and the disparity between Madison and the rest of the country. And while a portion of this effort was undermined by some members of the city council, I believe that the message of concern was heard and that our vigilance, vigilance in this area has, has, has resulted in, in, in this success and it is something that my administration, that our staff will continue to work on because it not only affects city employees, but it affects everyone in the metropolitan area in regards to the cost of their health insurance. This budget adds four new police patrol officers by providing $360,000 of city property tax support for the former education resource officers previously funded by the Madison School District. My budget does not fund the estimated $500,000 in additional operating costs in 17 for the new police and fire stations, and I hope that the council will take reasonable actions, prudent actions in regards to those two activities. This budget works towards the reestablishment of Rambe, a program that will be coordinated by public health in conjunction with the women who participated previously, led by Betty Banks, to see if they can duplicate the record-setting reductions in African-American infant mortality that unfortunately ended in 2005 after seven successive years of decline in African-American infant mortality, something that was recognized and written about in medical journals. And to this date, those in the medical profession have not been able to explain why it took place. We want to see if we can duplicate, replicate the system that was in place and see if we cannot get the same outcomes. City funding will be needed, however, in the 2018 budget. <coughs> Balancing this budget presents challenges. General fund revenues are projected to grow only 6% in 2017 due to a slowing growth in building permits, which were at record highs the previous three years. Declining parking violations due to multi-space meters and the state mandate that 70% of room tax revenues be dedicated to tourism development, promotion, and marketing efforts, which is an unfortunate uh, decision on the state's part uh, where they do not recognize how to really build a strong community 
that attracts visitors. We know how to do it. Unfortunately, their meddlesome efforts are going to be a setback. Uh, the fleet and insurance internal service funds are facing deficits of over $5 million that have to be addressed. And the ongoing structural shortfalls of $2.2 million, uh, which are met in the, two, in the 2017 budget. I'm not going to go on to say much more except that the combination of wage increases, cost to continue, debt service, and new initiatives left us a gap of $2 million. This gap would have been larger if not for that favorable health insurance premium I referred to earlier. There are a number of other initiatives we've taken in terms of balancing the budget. Rebasing the salary budget for Madison Metro uh, to actual hours of work will save about $1 million compared to 2016. After a number of years of climate change, we are recalculating the snow budget. We've reset the snow and ice removal budget by calculating the average number of snow events over the past 30 years to help reduce by 1.5 the number of funded major events for a saving of 830000 On the other hand, if Mother Nature doesn't cooperate, uh, we will have funds in the contingent reserve to deal with the additional snowfalls. Funds in the contingent reserve will be at the policy goal of $1.5 million. The contingent reserve will be available to fund these snow emergencies if they should be above the forecasted number of events and also to pay an estimated quarter of a million dollars in retroactive contributions to the state retirement fund for stagehands as part of a payment plan with the Wisconsin Department of Employee Trust Funds. There's an increase in the urban forestry special charge to fund all eligible costs, reducing levy support for forestry activities in both the parks and the street budgets. So, there's a lot more here, but why don't we stop there and take your questions. Do you know how many of the city employees fall under the 15 hours an hour or currently under 15 hours an hour that will be affected by this? It will be a couple hundred. The three biggies. Pardon? The three biggies, public market, fire station, midtown police station. Uh, seems like uh, opinions are going to collide on that. We can do all three. It's simply a question of timing. Uh, it's, it just seems silly to me that we disturb our debt service, a matter that's been of serious concern for many years now, over a difference on three months in terms of opening of that police, uh, police station. Um, aldermanic districts 1, 19, 20, um, 13, 14, 8 are not going to see any difference in service. Um, 
the assignment to patrols is not based on police stations. It's based on sectors, and that will remain unchanged. Um, it's, 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 it's nonsensical to me that we would advance something like a police station for three months when it jeopardizes something like a public market which provides an opportunity for employment, jobs, and meets our sincere commitment in terms of equity. Over one-third of all new businesses in this country are started by people who were not born in the United States. A significant number of new businesses in this country are started by families and individuals who don't have a college education. Entrepreneurship and forming a new business, particularly through the food industry, is an opportunity for success for their families that in this city have been traditionally, unfortunately, closed to too many people. It seems to me, waiting a few months on a police station, waiting a couple of years on a fire station, which is premature to site, and moving forward with economic development makes more sense. Well, the folks uh, that we've talked to that are over there in the southeast corner, they just uh, say that the city's been expanding, and this is just a logical uh, extension of what they perceive as the same level of fire protection that other parts of the city this city and no city, this city and no city establishes a new fire station at the beginning of populating an area, particularly when how the area is going to be populated and where other stations might be located is in flux. We have made these mistakes in the past. We've had to relocate other fire stations because of premature construction. Is the ERO contract still going to have the opt-out clause? <coughs> Final statements on that whole uh, controversy that happened. We are going to uh, have the city council tonight take up a version of the ERO contract. And we are going to have a commitment for two years, as was originally proposed by the Board of Education. I am hopeful that we can come to agreement on that matter. This budget assumes that there will not be an ERO contract, because that was the situation a week ago. That was the situation two weeks ago. If there is an ERO contract, uh, the budget can easily be adjusted. Any other questions? If not, thank you very much. I just want to um, you know, thank, the, uh, thank the mayor, uh, thank the uh, Focus Interruption Coalition, 
uh, and the alders who have been um, working with us in the mayor's office uh, to come up with uh, this 15-point plan. Uh, we're glad to see that the mayor has allocated uh, $400,000 in his operating budget uh, to support such a plan. Uh, we believe that with all the things that's in his budget, uh, that if there was no resources in this plan that came from the community, um, dozens and dozens of young people to community leaders, to the NAACP, to the Urban League, to even the UW School of Medicine endorsing uh, the plan, uh, we're just pleased to see that uh, the mayor and his office has allocated $400,000 um, in this budget uh, to support such an effort. Uh, our group also believes the Focus and Eruption Coalition that if we don't begin to invest in initiatives like this, it will undermine public safety um, in this community. And if we don't begin to invest in strategies like the 15-point plan and some of the other strategies that the mayor uh, has in his budget, you'll begin to see businesses leave our city. Um, you'll, it'll have a, a negative impact on public safety. It'll hurt nonprofits. And so I applaud the mayor uh, and his team uh, and members of city council for uh, supporting uh, this 15-point plan that came from uh, that came from the community. So thank you, Mayor. Thank you. Can I just say a few words? Um, I was not uh, prepared for this. Uh, I made a few points about the plan before you arrived, and let me just repeat them uh, in case there's any questions. The plan's initial budget was almost twice the 400000 One of the most expensive components that had come out of the city council office was to use all city employees as mentors. And I think since that time, there's been a recognition that that was not a well-thought-out proposal, that it really doesn't meet the standards for mentorship. So with the exception of that, pretty much most of the funding is available for what was proposed. Now, I was in a position where I really asked, I asked myself, how should this money be allocated? And I came to the conclusion that it would be best to have a process where the city council and those who proposed the plan worked out those details rather than my attempting to make a, a, a decision. So that's why I'm recommending that uh, we work out the details through the city council's organizational committee and the community leaders and, and those who are going to uh, be, be working towards the, the, the goals we, we have here. Uh, this is a very similar process that we used in recommendations from the neighborhood resource teams. The only difference being in those instances, the community uh, folks in the neighborhood served by the NRTs were able to provide specific funding uh, goals such as when we provided the bus service to, to Owl Creek, uh, when we provided the community center at Teresa Terrace, or the expansion of library and neighborhood services at Meadowood. So I'm anticipating 
that this will be adopted. I want to thank the, the, the uh, folks who are gathered here and those who, who aren't here but, but uh, are, are, are committed to this uh, initiative. And, jeez, uh, nice to see you guys. <laughs> you didn't tell them we were trying to <laughs> Mike, what was, uh, what was your kind of vision as far as, like, the amount that was needed to institute the 15-point plan? Like, is 400 enough? Yeah, so it's uh, over five years. It's about $3 million investment, but we don't expect all of it to come from um, the city. Uh, so we've also had conversations with uh, Joe Parisi, we're having conversations in the uh, philanthropic community. Uh, I, mean, I just returned back from vacation today, and while I was gone, I keep hearing about we keep hearing about these shootings that's taking place in our community. And so, uh, our the 15 point plan calls for an independent office called the Madison Alternative Policing Strategy. Uh, peer coaches to work with these young men who um, who uh, re-enter back into our city. It calls for mentoring. Uh, youth internships, and I think that's a component of what you see in the mayor's uh, budget that's being presented uh, today. And these were not necessarily our ideas. These were were ideas that came from the community, from young people, from young people and uh, older people who who, who were formerly incarcerated who helped us shape this plan. And then we spent time, you know, meeting with the mayor, uh, and council members and the community to help shape this plan. So we're pleased to see that there's an allocation uh, in the budget. We introduced it as a framework, and so we wanted to give the city an opportunity to add some additional uh, meat to it. Uh, there's no other plan that we know that exists uh, of, of this caliber, and the fact that the mayor is the first person to step up to help fund and support this plan um, is uh, is encouraging. Um, we, I get tired of hearing our group get tired of seeing uh, young people shot uh, on our streets, and we got to begin to deter them uh, through um, programs that are validated, programs that are proven to get results. And uh, this allocation, hopefully, is a reflection of something new that's going to be a difference maker for young people in our community. What's your reaction to the mayor's allocation plan of giving this to the, um, in essence, city council um, to allocate the money and not directly from this office? Yeah, it's the right thing to do. You know, you want to have buy-in from um, city council. Uh, We got buy-in from the mayor. I think we have uh, support from several um, alders um, on uh, this plan. So we think it's it's the right thing to do. they're the legislative body uh, of our government, and I think, you know, getting their feedback and their buy-in is, um, I think, is the right thing to do. All right. Thank you. 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 Thank